and welcome to another edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. We are once again graced with the music stylings of Dave Dalrymple and Ivor Thomas on the guitar. Very grateful for them. Uh, I'll be right back with the start of the, uh, the podcast. Today we're talking about St. Nicholas. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With the little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers, they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler, just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled! His dimples, how merry! His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face, and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. And there you have it. The was the night before Christmas. Perhaps one of the most iconic poems or any type of remembrance of the Christmas holiday. It was composed in the 1800s, and I know what you're going to say. Uh, you're going to say, why are we talking about Santa Claus on the Speaking for Him podcast? Well, I just want to underscore what I said last week about traditions. I don't think that traditions are bad, 
as long as they don't supersede Christ. Now, that is a very important thing. Don't let your tradition supersede Christ. That being said, I don't think that Christ minds if we have a little fun and with this holiday. And to top it off, to top it off, think about this. St. Nicholas was a real person, and he did some pretty amazing things. For more on that, let's go to Adam McNutt. Yeah, he was a, uh, a bishop and a Roman Catholic saint. Nicholas of Myra was where he was born sometime around 280 A.D. in, I believe, uh, Patera, Sia, an ancient area that is part of present-day Turkey, so kind of on the other side of the world from us. Now, he lost both of his parents as a young man and reportedly used his inheritance to help the poor and the sick. I think that's cool, just how he was going through that tough time and... He still used everything for good. He didn't let it get him down or get upset or bitter. So that's 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 really cool. He later served as a bishop of Myra in a city that is now uh, called Demaray. Now, there are many legends about St. Nicholas. One here is a story that tells how he helped three poor sisters. Now, those three sisters, their father did not have enough money to pay their uh, their dowries and thought of selling them into servitude. And three times, so not just once, but three times, St. Nicholas secretly went to their house at night and put a bag of money inside. And the man used the money so that one of his daughters could marry. And on the third visit, the man saw St. Nicholas and thanked him for his kindness. He also reportedly saved three men who were falsely imprisoned and sentenced to death. So that kind of would make sense where that tradition and stories of St. Nick or Santa Claus coming at night would come from. But it started from someone who really existed. And I believe the poem that we just heard uh, the night before Christmas was composed by a minister for his sick daughter to encourage her and to give her some cheer as she was bedridden over the holiday. So there are some really uh, amazing and even perhaps godly things that were the start of the Santa Claus myth, so to speak. Of course, we know that some people take it too far, but... We, we also know that, that things can, can come in balance, and so we can enjoy that. Well, today, for my hymn story, I want to talk about perhaps my all-time favorite Christmas hymn. And to me, there was some irony about that when I went and looked at the history of this hymn, uh, because the composer of the words and the composer of the music, neither of them had a, had a very solid Christian testimony. One of them the uh, the writer of the poem that became the song, he was known more for his poetry than his church attendance. Uh, he didn't really have a whole lot of things to say about God. From what I can tell, he was kind of a Gnostic. He believed God was there, but didn't really have a whole lot um, to to say about God on a personal level. And then the writer of the music was a Jew who did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. However, oh. because they used the book of Luke as their guide for this project, the words that you're about to hear came across loud and clear as a clear declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it just shows me that God will be glorified one way or another, even accidentally, so to speak. 
And so let's hear Ivor Thomas once again with the Christmas classic, Oh Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and error pining Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth The thrill of hope The weary world rejoices Where yonder breaks A new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, he listening to that I was just thinking about what it might have been like to be in that field with those shepherds and to hear the proclamation for the first time that unto us was born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord I wonder as we finish up this podcast and this series of podcasts thank you for being with me for the last few weeks I really appreciate it could you, Ivor, and then you, Dave, um, in closing us up, could you just give us a few words about what Christmas means to you? And then, um, Dave, if you could pray for anyone out there in the audience that may still be searching for the true meaning of Christmas, and then I will end with a few final thoughts. Christmas was kind of... Um kind of a challenging time growing up for me. And um, it always sort of seemed like a time where everyone was having a good time at me sometimes. And, um, you know, I, as I reflect back on now, on that then, and I think about now and how I've come to know the Lord beyond the stockings and the, the sales and, and all of it, I'm just so grateful. And I've come to love Christmas not so much for the traditions anymore, although I think you're right, Andrew. There's nothing wrong with the traditions. 
but I, I've really come to love and appreciate Christmas because there just is a spirit in the air. And I think not everyone can necessarily understand exactly what that spirit is, but I think it's really the spirit of God. And um, I feel it, and I, I just have to say I'm just honored to be feeling that spirit right now with you, brother, and, and your testimony and your witness through this podcast. And I, I'm just very humble and grateful. Well, Christmas. Um, it's interesting. You know, I, I grew up, probably like most families in the United States, doing Christmas, doing Christmas with Christmas trees and all the stuff that goes along with the traditions. Um, Ten years ago, when the Lord reached down out of heaven and saved me, um, changed everything in the way that I looked not just at Christmas, but uh, that I looked at all of religion and all of religious stuff. When I go to communion now, I weep. And when I think about, as we were just even talking about this, and we were singing a holy night, and you thought about what it must must look like and feel like to be there. I felt like it would be able to be there, and it just breaks me up every time. Hmm. So Christmas to me really is the, the, the birth of salvation. It's the birth of, of taking us from, from death to life. And uh, there's no greater gift that the Lord has done for us than, than what he did on uh, that day, um, maybe with the ex- exception of taking that son and, and giving him up on Easter. Just hope, hope when you're hopeless is just what Christmas means to me. Yeah, amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that your word goes out in 2012 in all kinds of ways. And I thank you for Brother Andrew for being faithful in that, Lord. But today I just ask that anyone that is listening, Lord God, and, and those that aren't, that you would reach down, Lord, and touch them with the grace of Christ that in their hearts that they would begin to know that that Christmas begins with the birth of a Savior, a God-man, God coming out of heaven wrapped in human flesh, that the trees, all as beautiful beautiful as they are, Lord God, would fade away, and that the stockings, Lord, would fade away, and that in our hearts we would have love, that we would pour out on each other, that we would become selfless instead of selfish, and that we would be witnesses, Lord, for you in this season where the world turns away, Lord, that let us be witnesses in light. We love you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, Dave and Ivor will take us out in just a few moments. But before that, I just wanted to say, Adam, I'm grateful that you've been uh, with me for this podcast. Uh, we're getting ready very shortly. We have a couple, we have, one more broadcast after this in 2012, <laughs> and then we're getting ready to go full speed into 2013, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully continuing to bring you the same high-quality content you've been used to in these first few weeks. Um, thank you, Adam, for being here and for the effort you put forth to put things together. I really appreciate it because I don't thank know you. my way around a soundboard to save my life, but you do, <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. And before um, I close us off, Adam, what does Christmas mean to Adam McNutt? Christmas, to me, means love. And it does mean giving because of what our Father did for us. What could be more loving? What could be the best gift in the world than giving his only son to us, being born? And it just gets me thinking about, you know, I know around 
the year people want to hear Christmas music and the decorations because they love it so much. But let's let's carry that spirit of love and giving that Christmas is all year round. That's the one thing to really go with, and that's that's what it means to me that love and that giving that God is the best example of. I I, I think so. I think that's really true, and I think that um, it's kind of interesting. Because one of my family's favorite Christmas stories is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Ebenezer Scrooge says at the end of this, that he would try to keep Christmas all the year, and that the spirits of all three, meaning past, present, and future, would um, strive within him. And that he would continuously look up to that star which led the wise men to a humble abode where a savior was waiting and where wise men worshiped him. And my friends, wise men still seek him. So if you want to be wise, you'll seek the Lord. I thank you for listening. I encourage you to get on our Facebook page and to uh, get involved with the podcast and engage in the discussions. Let us know what your Christmas traditions are. And have a blessed Christmas for the Speaking for Him podcast. This is Andrew Gomison on behalf of Adam McNutt saying, keep serving the best of masters and have a great weekend. Merry Christmas. Fall on your knees, oh hear the angel voices, oh